Welcome to the Blends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids as well as adults is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity and history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right, now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I'm your host, Troy Rice. On today's show, we have a remarkable storyteller and author, Jordan Gross. Jordan is an editor for Mind Cafe and has authored several books, including The Journey to Cloud Nine, Getting Comfy, and What Happens in Tomorrow World. Jordan is a two-time TEDx speaker and has created a platform called Imaginavation, which combines imagination, interpretation, creativity, and implementation to help people think differently and make daring change in their lives. Jordan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much, Troy. Uh, I know that that word's a handful, but we'll get there. <laughs> it is. I it scared me a little bit in the intro, but uh, I, yeah, I think it's the concept of it. Down, though. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question we always ask our guests, man, are, is uh, what does creativity mean to you? Yeah, so I was thinking about this a lot, and uh, the one word that comes to mind is freedom. Mm. To me, creativity means freedom because it's it's freedom of thought, it's freedom of expression, uh, it's freedom to slightly vary the way that you approach any sort of aspect of life um, that is different from other people or the way that people are doing things. So to create something and have something that you can call your own, that you are free to do by yourself. I don't think there's any greater reward in this world than to create something that started out in your brain as this, this little thought. And then all of a sudden it's real. Um, So that's why creativity means, means freedom to me. It's that freedom of the idea turning into something, something real. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. So, so let's dig into that. So why, why do you think that concept stops people today? Because most people fear like creating something, therefore they just latch on to what other people create uh, and they live that life. And we know sometimes that makes them unhappy. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, where does, where does it stop for people? Like, where does that journey to not create and create that freedom for you? Yeah, you know what, I, I think that there's is fear of being judged. Uh, there's sometimes fear of being an imposter. I, I think the list goes on and on, right? And, you know, I hear here I am, I'm, I'm pretty uh, involved in the mental health world and trying to think of this through like a, a, 
therapy lens, but I think that when people stop creating, when they don't have anything to call their own, when they're too focused on what other people are doing and the way that other people do things, that's when the sense of self is lost, Mm. right? And people who do not have anything that they can create, um, those are the people who need to go out and actively find something, a hobby, a skill, a new profession, right? Something where they're using their brain actively in order to create something, you know? Yeah. So, so, so where does this start for you? And you can go back as far as childhood if you want, but Mm -hmm. just curious, like where, where does the journey to create your freedom and everything that you've done, and we'll dig into some of your work, but where does it start for you? I think it starts with my dad, um, trying to pick up those breadcrumbs. I always think about my own stories and, and where I found creativity and where it was introduced to me. You know, when I was, ever since I was little, my dad, he writes these poems for people, family members, friends, me, my brother, my mom. Um, He writes poems on birthdays or anniversaries or college graduation, right? And these poems, ever since I was very little, I used to watch him handwrite these poems and then recite them to people. And the poems are essentially people's life stories wrapped up in a number of lines, all with this poetic language. Um, And that to me was always so powerful because he, that was his, you know, and that was, that was sort of what he was known for at times. And whenever we got together for family gathering, everybody was excited to hear Paul's poem, right? What did he write for her this year? And how did he create this? You know, how does he think of these things, right? So I think subconsciously, I was always exposed to that sort of creativity. Um, That was, that is my dad's creative outlet. You know, he's an attorney um, and he just does this stuff for fun. But we always say he could have written Hallmark cards because (laughs) he, he creates these beautifully interwoven poems. So I I think that's where the creativity starts for me. Um, Mm. And then using that as sort of a catalyst for creating my own thing, you know, and and creativity for me, like yourself, Troy, I think has a lot to do with the entrepreneurial mindset as well and growing something from the ground up and building relationships and growing those relationships, maintaining those relationships. So I think that's where it stems. No, that's beautiful, man. And I love it. Like, attorney turned hallmark <laughs> card <Yeah>. writer that's <laughs> that's cool yeah um no but that that that's beautiful and so as a kid like it probably started just through observation for you right mm-hmm. like you started to to notice like wow that's cool like it's one thing to be a an attorney and, and have a, a good sound career but it's another thing to have something that the whole family looks forward to and that that's is cool good. that yeah, is really cool yeah so as you kind of morphed into where you are now, and I want you to talk a little bit about the books that you've created and a little bit about this imaginative world yeah. and how you break that down. Were there any like practices that you did as you started to get going that you kind of still use 
uh, to keep your creative mind flowing um, on a daily basis, regardless. And you mentioned this a little bit ago, like a brain health and therapy and helping people, but we all kind of go through these, these days uh, where we don't feel as creative as we think that we should be or that we want to be. Um, so what, what kind of fuels you like, what practices do yeah. you do? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the, the home run question. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, there's, there's two things that I would want you to remember from, from talking to me and hearing me today. And, and number one is this imaginativitation. Um, and number two is being a story listener. So imaginativitation and being a story listener. So with imaginativitation, this platform, this word, um, which is imagination plus interpretation plus creativity plus implementation, that is something that I do before almost every creative endeavor. It's something that I do before every big goal. It's my version of manifestation of these goals because I always heard and, and looked at this concept of manifestation and just kind of said like eh, a little bit pie in the sky. So what if I created a, an, a couple of extra steps for us to manifest, you know, our dreams or our goals or whatever it might be. So first is imagination. This is that visualization piece. This might be the, the manifestation part where let's say, you know, you wanted to, to write a book you would imagine what that book is going to look like. And this is where you visualize yourself holding that book and you, you can see the cover and you go through this creative exercise in your mind of turning the pages and maybe giving a a talk or going on a podcast about that book. Right. You just do this very deep imagining of what the book is going to look like, whatever your endeavor is going to look like. So that's, that's part one. And then part two is to really understand your why right? So interpretation is, well, why is this the dream that I'm having, the, what I'm imagining, right? Why is this important to me? So, so you're really, you're really understanding your purpose for this endeavor that you're going on. Um, Creativity is the third step. And that's for me, the most fun because Because that's like creative networking strategies to talk to the right people. Or maybe it's just writing down 30 ideas and narrowing it down to, to three, right? This is when you start to get to brainstorm and think about what you're going to do. And then the last part is also really fun. It might be like a tie for first is implementation. And that's your trial and error. That's when, you know, you sit down and you write a chapter and you, erase the whole thing and you go back to the drawing board and you write another chapter and it's trial and error. It's experimentation. It's, it's implementing that creative plan with the idea and the imagination that you had and understanding why you're doing it all. So that's like the four steps of imaginativitation. And I do that for anything creative that I'm going about doing. Um, Number two, the second thing I'd want you to remember, you, you mentioned this uh, idea of like, what, what are the steps? You know, what do you do every day? What, a, what about creative lulls? Um, this definitely comes back to this concept of being a story listener, right? So if you want to be a storyteller, you need to listen. 
to tell, you need to listen. So by being a story listener, what that means is I get sparks of creativity from more and more and more consumption, from mm. listening to creative things, from listening to podcasts, talks, from there's this great concept called info sponging, where you just you, you try to learn cross industry, right? If you are uh, in finance, maybe you you take up art and then an art principle can get relayed over to your financial work, right? Mm. So that's info sponging. So just, I mean, at its very core, I think story listening is just about learning and constantly learning from all these different types of outlets. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what gives me sparks. Every day, even if I'm not uh, creating, every day I'm consciously consuming. And by the way, Yes. If you're out in the woods and you don't have access to all these things that I mentioned, you can be a story listener from just being consciously aware of what's going on around you, from trying to mm -hmm. learn if you're with people around you, from asking questions or just from observing nature, or from observing animals, right? Like this, this does not have to just be with technology um, and those tools that I mentioned before. Like this can so just be living life, but living your life intentionally for the purpose of learning and thinking about how it can apply to what you're going to make next. Yeah. When you go down your creative journey, does any fear ever kick in for you? Like when you're going to create a new book or anything, like walk us through that. Cause I imagine that's probably the stopping point for most people. Like they might get mm -hmm. to the creative part of doing something, whatever that something is, mm -hmm. and then something stops them, but it, it's not stopping you in most cases. So walk us through that. Like, is there a fear for yeah, Jordan? Yeah. And how does that, how does that? So much, so much fear. Yeah. There's so yeah. much fear. Like every single thing I put out there, there's a fear of being judged. There's a fear of looking like a fool, fear of getting embarrassed. Right. Um, and I think that that's so natural, but it's always this, like, that's the first gut response. But what's going to happen after that, you know, and, and I think in order to help people who might be going through these things, I really have these two different mindsets um, that I've tried to develop. So the first is sort of uh, setting low expectations. So you mm -hmm. might, you know, everybody has their own advice that they want to listen to and like I know, you, you know, Grant Cardone and you want to think big and, and 10x everything. But for me, <laughs> that can lead to the fear if I don't accomplish those goals. So I actually try to set low expectations and and uh, yeah. be proud of myself by over exceeding those expectations. So, for instance, like I kid you not still to this day, Troy, with all that I've done, when I put out a, an article or a post I still have the goal of one person reaching out with a message to me or making a comment that they enjoyed it. Like, and that's success for me. So that's how I define success. It's not a million mm -hmm. views. It's not, and sure, these things are, are, are cool and they are important. I'm not going to say that that's not important, but by having like my real motivation be this very low bar, uh, it, it fuels me to, to keep going forward. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's the first mindset. And then the second thing is, 
is similar, but it's, I ask myself the question, what do I want to be most proud of in each project, right? What do I want to be most proud of? So I'll use the book example again. And the fear kicks in with the book for me, when you start thinking about how many copies you're going to sell, if it's going to please the publisher, if you're going to get signed on for another book, right? If people are going to like it, are you going to get good reviews? All those things, again, very important. But I, when I ask myself the question, what do I want to be most proud of? None of those things come to my mind, right? That does not make me feel proud. And how I define being proud in the instance of creating a book is I said, well, I'm most proud of the fact that my idea that I had is now out there into the world. So I was, there's even this funny story. Like when I was working with the editor for the last book, he said I was the easiest writer he's ever worked with because every time he had a suggestion, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that, that sounds great. And he just said, people are so attached to their work that they don't want to change words. And all I said was like, I am most proud of the fact that this idea, even a semblance of this idea is going to be out in the world. So I, I, I will leave the rest to people who are more expert than I am. Yes. Yes. So There's my some... pride came from a, a certain part of the process. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about removing the uh, decision framework sometimes, right? Like, I feel like we mind numb ourselves with decisions. And because of that, we, we struggle. We struggle to move that next step forward. Um, yeah. And so that's awesome, man. So there's one thing I really want to dig into to with you, which is um, storytelling. And so I know that you, this is a space that you, that you care a lot about um, and you do a good job of teaching others um, how to do that too. So what is something that you can offer somebody? Because when I, when I think of storytelling and I picked up writing way too late in, in the game and I realized that I should have been writing a long time ago because, well, I think everybody mm-hmm. should. But um, yeah. when I started down that, that journey, storytelling became like, how I was discovering myself and my reflections of the world and then how I organized that into a thought that people enjoyed reading because they enjoy humans. Like they enjoy learning about humans. Um, And so walk me through storytelling because I discovered that and I needed a coach and I went deep in like uh, this whole program. But is it, is it simpler than that? Like how, how, can, how can you break down storytelling a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, it, it's simpler than that, but it's also way more complex than that. Okay. And I think, you know, the simplicity of storytelling at its very core is that we are stories, right? Like that's very meta, but we are the stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and people's perceptions of us are the stories that they create about us right and this and how we view other people are the stories that we tell ourselves about other people right so stories in essence are actually this way that we we our brain communicates with itself for us to inform how we go about living our lives Um, so I think that that is the very root of why stories are so important. Yes. Um, and I would say for anybody, you know, thinking about storytelling, 
a very simple, like fundamental idea is that go into your own story because whether you've lived this uh, uh, rich, you know, like you, you maybe like Hollywood movie type life, or if you've lived the life that you think is the opposite of that as, as ordinary as could be, I'm sure you have memories. I'm sure you have experiences. I'm sure you have these scenarios that you could pinpoint and, and start to tell the story that, that shapes your life. Right. Um, so there's this concept called narrative therapy, which I'm really in favor of, which Mm -hmm. is like allowing people to rewrite their own stories and reframe the way that they've viewed situations in the past to fill a different narrative, a a different way that they want to view themselves. So I, you know, storytelling for at, at, at its, at its root is, is really the telling your life story, right? Yeah. So th- this might seem silly because I know that you've authored a few books, but do you journal? No. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't journal. I I journaled for a while, um, a good bit ago, but I didn't find it to be as rewarding as a lot of other things that I did. So I'm all in favor of it. I suggest it to clients i recommend it to friends family members but <laughs> i think the most important part of our personal development journeys is knowing ourselves and uh mm. knowing that things may not serve us even if we recommend them to others okay no i'm yeah. always curious um and who's who's journaling and i i've dabbled in journaling so many years like i do it off and on and i can't find a consistent practice I did find a friend of mine's name, Yannick Silver. He wrote a cosmic journal, which is like connecting like the universe to your thoughts. And then he writes his own scriptures and then kind of sparks yours. But Mm -hmm. that was the most fun I had with journaling. Uh, But I waffle and and I'd rather just sit down and reflect and then write my reflections and then just share it with the world um and that's how how i approach it too but so i'm always curious because being an author like i i don't want to make the assumption that jordan journals because he writes books um and uh so that's one i was just curious yeah no i mean i mean i guess again like for me it always comes down to defining something at its core and defining journaling right like i don't sit down in the morning and have this journal where I write down like how I used to, where I'd write down some gratitude, some strengths, some weaknesses, maybe like a log or something. But um, I do, I, I urge this idea to people who I teach about keeping a storybook. Um, and it's essentially a journal where if you see something as you're doing your story listening throughout the day, you, you whip out that storybook and you journal about it and you have that idea. And like you said, of reflect that moment of reflection um, and you write about it just so you don't forget it too. Yeah. Do you think everybody should write a book? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I, I think it's a great exploration of whatever topic that you're going into think there are a lot of logistical reasons for it like building credibility and just continuing not like knowledge um 
and something to talk about. It's it sets you apart. Uh, it enhances your creativity. I, I think there are so many benefits, but um, I would I would always say like it's it's like maybe ninety nine percent of people should. I never try to make anything definitive. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I bring the question up because, um, and I know, I think you've connected with them recently, but my writing coach and I were going down this path and we we're curious, like there are people that choose to write books when they're like 70, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, I want to write a book. I'm going to find a publishing company. I want to put together my memoir. And, and we got to this place where it's like them creating their, their imprint on the world is their book, right? Like maybe they didn't get to the point where they created something and put it out there and called it theirs and, and it was unique to them. And mm -hmm. so now they're 70 and their way to create a legacy is to write a book. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was just curious, like that's when we kind of got to this place, like should everybody write a book? Whether they publish yeah. it or not, like they should have this legacy uh, imprinted on paper um, of their life. Right. And you know, Troy, I think that's beautiful. And I love people who do that. And I think it comes back to that idea of how I define creativity as a, its relationship yeah. to freedom um, and freedom of having something in the world that you call your own, right? Mm -hmm. And having something you call your own that you built, that you constructed from the very ground up, that is a reflection of the legacy that you leave. So, yeah. Cool. So, how can I know you have your personal website and we're going to share it with everybody um, on this podcast as well. Um, but do you have a program that actually walks through those steps with people and like you guide them or you coach them? Like, is there a way people can get started in this with you or how, how, how do they yeah. approach that? So I have a, a free ebook okay. called, so you want to tell better stories. Um, and and that's I can give you that to give out but then within the ebook is a like information about my storytelling class and right now I just do a five week program mm. um, five classes once a week uh, with storytelling activities and exercises and that's that's how I teach at the moment and then other than that, the ebook has a lot of the principles, the core principles of storytelling that I believe in. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Please send that to me. We'll make sure that we share that uh, with our mm -hmm. listeners. Um, but thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, man. Grateful yeah. for you. I love your work. Um, I hope that everybody gets a chance to go out and check out some of Jordan's, not only his books, but um, what he writes about, because I actually really look forward to uh, your blogs and your LinkedIn content, because it's very thoughtful. Um, and uh, I think people struggle today to, to find thoughtful content and not just copyright. Um, so I just want to say thank you for being you, man. Thank you, Troy. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think what you're doing is awesome. And I'm very grateful to see what you're doing in the world and uh, to be a little part of it as well. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you to all our listeners. We'll make sure that we share everything with you on how you can connect with Jordan and uh, get started in your own 
uh, creative storytelling journey uh, and, and spark that journey for you. So thanks for listening to the Ben's Breaks Blends That Shape Our Future podcast, and we will see you next time.